Hello and welcome back. You are listening to the Competing Biblically podcast and today is episode number 10. We're hitting the double digits and we're still rolling along and you are still here listening to us. So thank you. Thank you for sticking it out with us and continuing to support and listen. We hope you are growing and learning just as we are through all of this. Today we tackle idolatry. We introduce the four core root idols and how winning can be idolatrous in those four areas. And then today we talk about that first root idol, which is control, influence, and recognition. So thank you for joining us. We have a great conversation on tap today and we're glad you can be a part. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Competing Biblically Podcast. I am Pancake, uh, my first intro, having a great time. I'm here with Nick and Seth. How are you guys doing today? I am fired up. Excited for this conversation. Excited is my go-to word. But yeah. <laughs> you still said the word excited. <laughs> All right, let, let's pretend we didn't do that. Nick, how are you doing? I'm fired up, Pancake. That's how we're doing today. Fired up, excited to talk about. Keep <laughs> oh, saying it. I just I'm excited. How am I doing, Zach? I'm fired up. It's a great day. We're going to talk about idolatry and winning, and talk about some deep stuff here. I think it'll be really practical as well. Share some stories about where we stink and fall short, and how we've made a mess of this whole thing, and definitely elevated winning. To places it doesn't need to be, um, put it in the place of God in a lot of circumstances. So um, I'm fired up to do that with you guys. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm doing great. We just came off. Actually, we record these episodes in bunches, so we just came off the episode of bunches. of winning, and and love that that conversation. And I think it is going to flow great into the conversation we have right now. I was worried we might have a lack of energy for this episode, but obviously that's not the case. Based the on joy the of the Lord is our strength, and we got a lot of joy flowing today. <laughs> so, yeah. So today we're going to talk about idolatry. So I wanted to help frame that out to get us rolling here. We talked about winning last week. We talked about kind of where does that fall? How does God define our our wanting to win? We want to. I don't think we use this language. We've used it in past podcasts, but not. I don't think last week. But we want to close the gap between potential and performance. Uh, we're looking to be and do all that God has called us to be and do. We want to grow. Um, we want to learn from sport. We want to use sport and not be used by it. Uh, we want to enjoy it. We want to use sport as an opportunity to worship, giving back mm-hmm. the gifts that God has given us. And um, all that can be done independent from what happens on the scoreboard. All that can be done independent from championship no championship one and ten ten and one undefeated defeated it can you can accomplish glorifying god and living out two by four competing according to the word of god by the power of god for the glory of god regardless of circumstances Mm -hmm. we talked about uh, a lot of this around frosty saying make the big time where you're at big time is not a destination it's a condition of the heart so speaking of conditionings of the heart this is where idolatry 
comes into play. So I want to give us just a, a, a really easy definition. Um, this was a definition that was used a lot in the early 2000s, mid-2000s by a couple pastors, but they said idolatry is when a good thing becomes a God thing, it becomes a very bad thing. Mm-hmm. So anytime that something, uh, and I would say even from the text that we used last week um, about from Luke 14, hating brother and sister, mother, father, wife and children in comparison to the way that we love the Lord. So it's not even just the stuff that supersedes or, or um, comes above God, but it's even the things that compete with God. Because mm. like, God is holy. He is set apart. Uh, there are none like him. And when the first commandment says, have no other gods before me, I think from what we see from what Jesus has said, um, it's not just don't have any other gods before me, don't worship any other gods. It is even more than that, that like he should be in a class of worship by himself. Yeah. Even the, even the person like the Bible commands me to love my wife. In fact, it says that my job with Lindsay is to love her as Christ has loved the church and die for her. Yeah. Sacrifice what sacrifice my yes, sacrifice what's best for me for her flourishing. That's Bible command as a husband. Um, but even in light of how much I love her and want to serve her, I want to bless her and my kids in comparison to the way that I love and serve and desire to bless the Lord back because of all that he's blessed me with, with life, I should desire much more so in an, and in a different way to live my life out in an overflow and thanksgiving to him versus anybody or anything else. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but that's a simple definition when a good thing becomes a God thing or when a good thing tries to become a God thing, it becomes a very bad thing. Yeah. Um, so we're, again, we're reading through the book of Mark right now. We'd love for you to join us. Check out the Delaware FCA, um, DelawareFCA.org backslash pursue 2021. Um, great reading plan that you can jump in. This one's running through Easter. There's going to be another one after that, depending on when this posts. Just jump in, start reading the Bible with us. That'd be great. But reading in Mark right now, they just talked about like if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out for it's better to enter the kingdom of heaven with one arm or one eye than it is to go with all your members intact into the fire, Mm -hmm. Uh, which very graphic and real uh, illustration given by Jesus there of the reality of what the alternative is, is when we worship other things. And if we worship anyone, but Jesus, who is the way, the truth and the life, the one who there's no way to the father, but through him. So all that being said, uh, we're going to talk about four, the four root idols here in a minute. Um, the reason why we call them root idols, and we didn't come up with this. Tim Cal- Tim Keller, David Paulson, and... Dick Keyes. Yeah, Dick Keyes are some guys who have really... I mean, I I've, I don't know the third guy, but I've read Counterfeit Gods by... Uh, Keller, I've dealt with a lot of Paulson stuff, and it's really good. For more information, please go check those out in the show notes. Yeah, some great boot or great books, great books um, <laughs> in there that you can read. Um, podcasts, sermons. There's some great stuff that those guys have on this that'll go deeper. Uh, but we call them root idols. I like to call them root idols for this reason. So if you think about a tree, um, Jesus said that a tree will be known by what? It's fruit. It's known by its fruit. So a fig tree is known as a fig tree because it has what? Figs. Yep. Apple tree is known as an apple tree because it... Apples. I feel like there's about to be a riddle here and he's about to trick us. No, I'm not. No trick. No (laughs) trickeration. Um, But what we do a lot of times is we just deal with the fruit. 
we deal with the sins above the surface, the mm-hmm. expressions of what's going on in our heart. But the Bible says out of the overflow of the heart, yes. the mouth speaks. Out of the overflow of what is stored up in our heart, what is in the roots, our actions come. So everything that we see externally from a person is actually driven from what's in their heart, what's rooted in their heart. We call them root idols, so we're going to use like winning as an example because we're talking about winning on these podcasts. So winning is not the root idol. We use mm-hmm. it. It can be used a bunch of different ways. So that's the, the concept here. We're calling them root things because they are driving the external. There's stuff that's in our heart, these deep longings that only Jesus can really fulfill, and Jesus desires to fulfill all of these things for us. In Christ, we have all these things that we're going to mention these four things, um, but we are constantly looking and longing for them. And that's where idolatry, I think, is a, is a core place that idolatry happens yeah. in Western society. So like, we're not dealing with altars and like, I think in the Old Testament, you see a lot of that. We're not dealing with that here in America, here in Delaware, where there's altars that are built up, but we definitely have those altars built up in our heart, things that we worship Mm -hmm. to get these deep longings that a lot of times we don't even realize that we have. Yeah. And this is happening to athletes and coaches because it happened to me. So this is not going to be, you're not going to hear a lot of examples today about, Hey, here's how I had victory. There's a lot of it's going to be, Hey, here's how I messed up. And I wish that I would have thought about these things differently when I was playing. And now as I'm coaching, they're being applied as we coach. Yeah. And Zach, you're still playing, so you got a couple seasons to work to st- work out your salvation with fear and trembling, uh, as you love and serve Wilma you Lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I like the message you shared and the message of this about the root, because I don't know if I've mentioned this on any of our episodes, but I definitely share this a decent amount with people that are in our ministry, and that is that God is con- not concerned about your behavior; He's concerned about your heart, or God's not trying to change your behavior. He's trying to change your heart. And that what that's not saying is that behavior doesn't matter. That's not true. But sometimes we work to change behavior and you can change a certain level of behavior without the Holy Spirit. Um, it may not last, but you can change some of your behaviors. But that doesn't mean you're in right standing with God. God wants to transform your heart change your heart, take out your heart of stone, give you a heart of flesh that is Mm -hmm. moldable. And then that fruit, like Nick was talking about, is a natural product of the change of heart. And what, um, what verse is it that you've shared a couple of times, Nick, that, um, we know that we are in the Lord when we not only obey his commands, but we do it with joy or something like that. Yeah. First John five. Yeah, First John 5, 3 says, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Boom shakalaka. Amen. So, yeah, I mean, that... And boom goes when, the dynamite. When God's commandments are not burdensome, that's a show of a change of heart. And so yeah. that is what God is looking to change. So these... We may be too concerned with winning, but why, you know, what is that heart? What in our heart are we trying to fulfill through winning, through getting recognition, through... Um, getting all state, all conference, or through telling everyone that you, you know, are committed to play this sport at this school. What is it in ourselves and our heart that we are trying to fulfill that God wants to fill for you and him be that answer? Um, that's what we're going to explore a little bit. Uh, so the first route is power, uh, which is a longing for influence or recognition. Um, the second one is control, uh, a longing to have everything go, go according to my plan. 
The third one is comfort, a longing for pleasure. And the last one is approval, a longing to be accepted or desired. Yeah, so first we are going to dive into power and how we've seen maybe in our experience in our hearts how we have allowed that to take root and take the place of God in the way that we compete or the way we live. So the first one I want to talk about is power, a longing for influence or recognition. That word recognition when it comes to to power was a big thing for me. So sitting at this table and even in a ministry like the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I do not have athletically the resume that a lot of people in our ministry do. In short, when as I was growing up, uh, college playing college soccer was always the goal that I had. I found a school, was recommended to me to play. It was a really good program. I maybe could have played, maybe not. I'm not sure. But while I was visiting and talking to the coach and whatnot, I felt a call from the Lord saying, I want you to go here, but you're not going to play soccer. And that is something that God asked me Mm. to sacrifice. And that ate at my pride of recognition because I longed for me to tell everyone in my community that I had accomplished something that Mm. I am going to this school and when I wasn't and having to tell people that I'm not playing soccer in college, that was a hurdle that I had to overcome a pride within myself um, of recognition. And now even when we go to FCA camps two summers ago when I helped at FCA camp, I had to take a big slice of humble pie because it was hard for me to be there Mm. and there's other college athletes there that have gotten the training that I haven't gotten Mm. and there's college coaches there and I feel like I should belong as one of the top people there helping and I wasn't and that's but I say that as there's nothing that I've sacrificed that God has not given me back a hundredfold I would not be where I am had I not followed the voice of God in that but that recognition and being recognized as one of I like being the best period Mm -hmm. and being in a place now where I don't have the training or the skill that a lot of other people around me do, I have to be okay with not being recognized as being the best. And that's difficult for me at times. So, yeah, I remember as a, as a youth wrestler, um, I was a decent, uh, I mean, I was a, I was a really good, I was a good, I was a good young wrestler for my area. I won a lot of tournaments. And I remember even like picking out the tournaments that I wanted to wrestle in based on the size of the trophy, mm-hmm. because I knew that I was going to win it. Like that was how arrogant I was as like a fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth. Um, my yeah, my wrestling career was cut short due to an injury and chose football over wrestling. But yeah, I remember that was like my motivation. My motivation was, what's the trophy? All right, I'm gonna go get that. Tr- I want to go get that trophy so that I can put it in my room, and when people come over, they can ask me about how great my trophies are. I remember as a senior in high school and a junior in high school being a starter being a captain and like being so thrilled about being a captain I remember almost not making almost not being voted a captain and like being devastated because I wanted the recognition that like and look I wasn't the best leader I was selfish I was self-seeking I only cared about my I really only cared about myself but I remember specifically like high school awards and thinking that I should have been the offensive lineman and the defensive lineman of the year and almost being like one of my, my best friend got it. Like we shared one of the awards and I'm like, I was clearly better than him. Yeah. But I'm like, and looking back on, it, I'm like, I'm just a selfish jerk. 
Like how, why would I, why would I care that much about recognition and influences like is the other side of it that I just sharing with these guys, just trying to be invulnerable. Um, I value having influence, having my voice heard. I don't necessarily care if like we go with my decision as long as my voice is really heard and thought about and considered. And that's why I wanted to be a captain. That's why I wanted to be on the team council or whatever. Not because I wanted to love and serve my teammates, not because I wanted to glorify the Lord, but just because I I wanted to have that recognition and I wanted to be important. Yeah, um, very similarly, similarly to Seth, I struggled with power and recognition in the fact that I thought uh, I should be considered to be in a better place than I was. Um, I went to a small Christian school, Red Line, I've talked about it before, and we had a uh, pretty decent lacrosse program. Uh, we did well for our school. I was on the lacrosse team that was the only one to ever go to a state tournament, and I thought very highly of myself through high school, through sports, not because uh, I simply just thought that I was the best and looked at myself in the mirror and was like, you're, you're the best there is. I was just athletically gifted. Um, so I excelled well on the field, uh, and especially in high school sports being pretty fast, being pretty quick and able to move well, uh, you can do a lot better than, um, most other kids. Uh, and so my coaches told me that, uh, other teams, coaches told me that my friends told me that my parents told me that. And so I, I just, I, I knew I was good. Uh, I didn't, uh, really think about it too much until I got to college uh, sports. So I started playing at the college level three years ago. I play at Wilmington University and showing, I remember uh, the story of me getting there is just kind of crazy. And I was committed, uh, like I was going to another school, had no intention of playing college sports and just felt God call me um, to actually not go to the school that I was going to. Um, so I, I had signed up, um, filled out all my stuff for Liberty University and just felt God pulling me away from that and having me go somewhere closer. So as I considered those decisions, uh, my mom told me, if you're staying close, uh, play lacrosse, like you're going to regret not playing it. So I called my travel coach who ended up being the coach at Wilmington University, just starting a program the year before I joined. Uh, and he told me he had a spot for me. I didn't think I going in there, I was the best, but I thought I deserved to be there. Just playing with him, playing well at Red Lion uh, and in high school, I thought I deserved to be there. And I showed up um, the first day, not knowing many people, knew one guy on the team. And these kids were good. These kids were incredible at lacrosse. And so like, as an athletic guy in high school, I didn't have to try very hard to be better than most people. I didn't have to put in extra work. I didn't have to do much. I didn't aspire to be great. I just ended up being pretty good because of God-given talent. And going into college, you realize that, oh, no, all of these kids are athletic. Yeah. Everyone here is good. Yeah, everyone's the best one from yeah. the high school team. Exactly. And so going into, going into college uh, my freshman year, I struggled a lot with not having recognition, not having recognition mm. or power because I wasn't. I wasn't the best team there. I wasn't, like, I wasn't the best kid on the team. And, like a lot of humbling experiences of not starting, not playing in the first game, like 
being put lower than other people on the roster, which is something I just had never experienced. But again, like being an arrogant mm-hmm. kid coming from a small school. But yeah, like power definitely came into play in a place that I didn't think I had a struggle with power. Um, yeah. and, and especially that word recognition is I wanted to be recognized as the kid who was playing as the starter. And I had like friends and family that came to games that I didn't play a lot of time in and they would ask me and it hurt so much, um, to hear someone say, Oh, we saw you get in there for a little bit. I'm like, no, I should be in there the whole game yeah. because that was, that was what I was used to. Yeah. It's like, so you, you said, you said you didn't aspire to be great. So the greatness you could say, like greatness and winning are the same thing. Like, so what was what was the driver for me? The driver I did want to be great. I wanted my name to be associated with greatness. Mm-hmm. When you talked about me, you had seen my name in the newspaper. You knew who I was, and it's hard to get in the newspaper being an offensive lineman <laughs> playing center. Uh, I challenge you to list off how many centers you know. If you're football people, uh, they're they're hard to come by. Anyway, we're not known for being recognized. Usually, the only time you would get recognized in a broadcast, like when I had opportunities to play on TV, was if I had a bad snap. Yeah. <laughs> then they're quick to call my name, but they're not like, "Oh, what a great block by number 68." <laughs> that doesn't happen. But that's what drove me. It was that was a driver. We talked about drivers. That is what motivated me a lot of days to get up and train to go and do stuff because i'm like oh i want my name to be great Mm -hmm. the problem with that is that the deficiency there is tom brady at 43 or three years old said he's coming back again next year at 44 but eventually what is he going to do when his body breaks down Mm -hmm. like his identity is wrapped up in being an athlete my identity in being great, I wanted like I told everybody I was going to play. I wanted that label, Division One athlete. I wanted that label. I, I wanted to put that that medallion around my neck to ha- wear that badge to be identified. Man, he's great. He's a Division One athlete. Oh, he's great. He's going. He got a full scholarship. Like those were names that I wanted, but I didn't realize that I had already been given a name. Mm my name was in the book of life and that's all that I should have cared about. Yeah. Um, but my driver was not to be identified with Jesus. Talk about influence and recognition. My name is now son of God. Mm-hmm. Like in Christ, we are seen as heirs, co-heirs with Christ in the heavenly places. We will sit at his right hand and judge angels Mm -hmm. talking about influence and uh, everything that we have right now every spiritual blessing that's in in christ jesus is ours Mm -hmm. not because we're great because he's great so we already have that influence we already have uh that uh recognition by being named by him our book our, our name is written in the book of life but i'm concerned so much about these prestigious titles and awards and wins why did i want to be on a championship team because i'm not a loser yeah and and in the world of sport that sentence is celebrated Mm -hmm. and i i want to take maybe even a different approach something you just said nick because i think it's spot on about this in relation to actually our standing with christ in that yeah we have power through christ and we are a child of god but also you can rack up all the power all the recognition and influence you want in this world when you stand before christ you are a grain of rice 
standing in front of Jesus on Judgment Day, no matter how much you've acquired and no, mu- mm. no matter how much notoriety you build up or how, no matter how valued your word is or how much influence you have, you're nothing compared to Christ. And also, you can do all you want in this life. It is all temporary. Invest in things that are eternal. You can build up this name for yourself, but the moment your life ends, it's all gone. But what we do for Christ and in the kingdom and the name that God has given us, like you said, mm-hmm. the the enemy, the world cannot take it from us. At a, They could take our very life and that can't be taken from us. Um, so there is something much more eternal that we can find security in. Ecclesiastes says life is but a vapor. Mm-hmm. It's a breath. Mm-hmm. Like literally, th- so it's winter time here. Uh, I was walking outside today, breathing, and you see your breath go out. You can see it for a moment, and then it's gone. That's what this life is. It is a breath. It's a vapor. I mean, who was the 2000, who was the 100-meter champion of the 2000 Olympics? I mean, we can't even tell what year like, the Olympics were, so. Like, I don't, yeah, we missed an <laughs> Olympics with the pandemic. So, uh, with COVID, an Olympics was supposed to happen this past summer. and didn't happen. I think it so would have been 2002. Okay. So, 2002. Anyway, like insert whatever ten years ago, who or who won the like who won the hundred meter dash? Like I don't I don't know. Fifty years ago, who won it in the early? Who were the the prestigious people in the early nineteen hundreds? We have no idea. That's only a hundred years. So life is but a, it is but a vapor. Things I remember from sport, like I we won, I won some championships. Uh, I have some player of the week helmets from high school mm-hmm. up on top of my fridge. But I remember my buddies. I remember the guys I played with. I remember relationships. I remember investments. I look up at my college football helmet and I remember moments with FCA in college and uh, teammates and all that stuff. Like th- That stuff is what lasts. But specifically investment, full circle, the things done for Christ. That's what that's what will yeah. last. That's what I, I I have a, I have a, I'm thankful to have won a championship in college, a conference championship. I have a ring. I often don't know where it is. I saw <laughs> it this morning when I was looking for a tissue while driving in the car. It's in my glove compartment in my car. That was the only thing I thought about for years mm-hmm. was winning and getting a championship ring. Mm. And now it sits in the glove compartment of my car. And I feel weird wearing it anywhere other than DSU for alumni stuff yeah it's like everything and this is going to sound super depressing but we will be refined by fire and all the things that are not seen as eternal the things not done for christ like that championship ring will burn i on that thought there's there's a plaque in the school that i coach and there's a player of the year for each sport and your name gets put on a plaque and and especially when you're talking about a college or a high school sports program the generations are so short cuz people are only there for 4 years and if you're not playing your freshman or sophomore year very much you really only have 2 years where you're really like the team and you're a core of the team and some people work because they want to be known as the best player that's come through the program or whatever a lot of kids where I coach in high school have that thought they want to be the best and you could be great there's been some some of the best players that have come through the school that i've played at 
And three years after they're gone, four years after they're gone, which is not that much time, nobody knows their name. None of the kids there know their name. Mm -hmm. If the coaching staff is still the same, they probably, they know them and, and whatnot. But I remember I um, wanted my name on the plaque. One of, there's one for every, there's more than one for every single sport because they have like four plaques per sport because of how mm-hmm. long, you know, how long the programs are, how long they've been going on. So you can there's like 300 names sitting on this wall. You're never going to pick out my name. No one ever looks at that except to go look at themselves. And it's like, you're, you get forgotten no matter how good you were. And, and there's kids like, when I came into the program, you would hear about kids who graduated one, maybe two years ago. So I knew their names, even though I never played with them. And then I'm sure some of the names of people my age were lingered for a year or two, but then they're gone. Yeah. No one hears about them again. Yeah, that's so true. So this, this would be my challenge. This is the challenge that I've taken. We, we've been talking all afternoon about this, like diving into these root idols. So trying to really figure out where is my heart in this stuff? What's God doing? Where am I? Where am I prioritizing things and, and seeking after something that's not the Lord? I just challenge you guys listening. We're definitely doing it together here. Ask God, God, where am I finding status? Where am I finding influence? Where am I finding recognition? Like, where am I being contented? Is it in Christ, or am I, or my emotions, or my actions, or my thoughts? being driven looking to fulfill that need somewhere else and then i mean i just was opening up with these guys about the ones that i struggle with most this is probably number three on the list of the four um but the ones that are where i I see myself struggling with this like i need to put it to death we talked Mm about either earlier in this episode or last episode like the bible says if if your eye causes you to sin pluck it out if your hand causes you to sin chop it off yeah uh because it's better better to inherit eternity and get a new body <laughs> than to go fully functioning. But mm-hmm. am I concerned? Like, am I using, am I being used by sport to find recognition and fulfillment and to have a place of influence? Yep. Or do I have that in the Lord? And then do I use those platforms of influence as an athlete to bless my teammates, bless the officials, bless the opponents, and bless the forgotten. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is going to be, we plan to do two root idols this episode. And now here we are. I mean, we're going to condense it down the fit an episode, but we've recorded 53 minutes of material. So in one root idol. So yeah. good conversation. We are going to dive into the rest in the upcoming episodes, but take an opportunity, look into your heart and see what's there. I think if all of us look hard, we do see these things at play. And we need to surrender those things to Christ and let him be be our heartbeat, be the thing that drives us and not the need for these fulfillments. So I ask you, uh, take a look at your heart and see what's there because um, the conviction of the Lord is a good thing and it helps us grow closer to him. So thank you guys. We will talk to you next week as we go into the next root idol, which will be control. I'm sure that will be a fun one. <laughs>